Well, Callum, here we are, 100 episodes, not out, still going strong. Who'd have thought it? Red tinted glasses when we started this in September on YouTube. We actually started this as called Bringing Back the Glory. One name change, couple of watch-alongs later, and here we are, 100 episodes. I know, it gives me a, a century now, as you say. Um, the most surprising thing is that people are still wanting to tune in, tune into us, idiots. So thank you very much for all your support along the way, everybody. It really is much appreciated. Um, I don't really know what we were expecting when we started this. There's a couple of bumbling idiots. Some say it might nothing's changed, but uh, maybe a little, a little less nervous these days. But goodness me, I know 100 episodes, you'd have thought it. Yeah, an absolute cringe fest when I watched back our, our first episode on, on YouTube. So please don't do not do that. Um, but yeah, I definitely think, you know, we've, we've learned a lot along the way. And I want to echo what you've said. Yeah, you know, thanks for everyone for continuing to, to tune in, whether that be on YouTube, whether you're still subscribing on YouTube, subscribing and following um, the platform on, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You know, as we said in the last episode, seeing that Spotify wrap, knowing that, you know, 16 countries around the world are, are tuning in. And, you know, we did think of maybe trying to get a, a big name player on uh, for to mark 100 episodes. Unfortunately, Tommy Hoban went elsewhere, but hey, look, I was still a marvellous interview he did with, with the guys at the ABZ podcast. And unfortunately, Aberdeen, um, the media team is not great at getting back to us in terms of requests that we've wanted. And similarly, other players were, were waiting on clubs to, you know, ask some players. So maybe we'll see some movement later on in that. But instead, Calamino, we did the charity raffle. Uh, target was 200 numbers. We didn't quite reach that, but still, you know, 102 numbers sold, £510 going towards our necessities and the community trust. You know, fantastic amounts raised and we're now the official well one of the uh, official sponsors of the month of December for, for our necessities not obviously what we'd intended but still pretty cool that we've managed to, to help out two local charities at, at this time of year yeah what I'm saying I think you, you mentioned that this time of year especially um, and more needed for those less fortunate at this round this time especially but yeah as you say um, official official I don't think we'd be official sponsor of anything uh, <laughs> as, not, not what we intended but uh, still a, b- a bit cool, weird, and uh, official. That scares me, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but um, obviously there's loads of other brilliant companies out there that are also uh, sponsoring our necessities through through the month of December as well. It was just due to the fact of the, the amount raised, it, it qualified you to be be a sponsor for them. And, and obviously it means that all of you that kindly donated to the raffle are also sponsors in your own unique way uh, of our necessity so uh, thank you again to those that have gotten involved in that and Calum you know 100 episodes we've had a lot of good times you know spoken to a lot of good guests Jack Grimmer Richie Byrne were both great laughs and and everyone else that's just joined us on the show whether they be co-hosts opposition fans you know We've had our arguments along the way, but we're still going strong 100 episodes. We've only fallen out with one club photographer as well, but £70 for a photo? I don't think so. We'll, we'll stick to your own unique Photoshop. Um, and you, you do a good job with that thumbnail. So, yeah, I appreciate the support you do to all the editing. As, as seamless as we try and made it look on the, the live shows that we did last week, uh, there is a lot of editing that sometimes does need to occur. So, no, thank you to you for, for the work you do on the podcast. Oh, it was very enjoyable and, uh, you know, it's quite fitting that episode 100 was actually a win. Nice, that's maybe good to speak about that. But um, yeah, thank you very much, Glenn, for getting me involved.
as well. I I didn't really know what to think when you first messaged me. I had no idea what, what to expect or or whether it was a one-off thing. But here we are, 100 episodes later somehow, still churning them out, maybe. Yeah, and like you said, there is a win to speak about, so we should really get into the football side of things instead of um, inflating our own egos anymore. Wow. And, and, <laughs> and, uh, and Aberdeen did record back-to-back wins for the, the first time since the opening two weekends of the season, beating St Mirren in quite terrible conditions, um, following up from a rather cold tawdry on Wednesday. Calm, you were fortunate enough not to expose yourself uh, to the, the wind and the rain that, that lashed Pataudry, but... I know we, we often get criticised when one of us misses a game, but hey, look, other podcasts don't always go to games and still produce good shows, and, and that's what we're going to hope we produce for you today. I hope so. Uh, if I get anything wrong, though, entirely my fault. I just blame it on me. It's fine. But I was warm, so I will, I'll take any backlash from it. I was warm. <laughs> I unfortunately was not in attendance. Uh, 8,000 strong attendance an improvement uh, on the Livingston game which is you know, fair play especially given the conditions um, but no I was not in attendance however then we'll do the Uro reverse in terms of this miss next weekend and I'm going to be trusted to be the one with the proper match report which is always scary uh, for the yeah Justin I game. know I know no pressure but at least one of us is constantly attending the games and able to to provide some some decent insight but Callum no real surprise that the when the starting 11 came out and it was the same same 11 that had beaten Livingston on the Wednesday night I think you know all 11 fully justified their places uh, and you know to retain uh, a starting position I think so was first of all very glad to see Ryan Hedges was fit after obviously going mm-hmm. off that little little knock and um, the one perhaps player that you maybe a question marks over was Jay Manuel Thomas, but I suppose you didn't. You especially made the case that he provides definitely a physical distraction, uh, mm-hmm. and also he does need those minutes. Obviously, got about another hour um, uh, under his belt. I don't think we could really have complained, uh, maybe other than that, uh, about starting eleven actually getting a win and a little bit of consistency, not only in starting eleven but performance. And hopefully we can carry things over. Um, but it's just nice to see after what has been a very, very consistent season all round, really, so far. Yeah, and I think, you know, the point you made on Jets, could, you know, we, we you know, maybe folk thought we were a bit overcritical during that live episode last week on Jets, and, and possibly so. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, everyone's entitled to their own opinion and maybe we didn't cut him as much slack. But I think, you know, I, I will take my hat off to him uh, for the, the performance he put in on Saturday because, you know, he was showing silky skills and he was involved in, in the, uh, you know, you could give him the assist for the second goal and he was also involved in, in the third goal as well. And it, it was a, an excellent shift for, from Jet, you know, and hopefully if he is going to, you know, maintain his place in the starting eleven, we see you know, you speak about consistency there, Callum. It's something that we want to see from Jet, that level of consistency. Yes, he might not be the the, the best at tracking back or, or getting involved in those situations, but if he can still put a shift in up front and get involved at, at the right end of the pitch and in the goal side of things, then look, that'll probably equal it out over the course of the season. Definitely, and, I, and again, I, you know, he wasn't involved for a very long time. Then he's gone and played 90 minutes in the midweek, another hour at uh, the weekend. So, Hopefully I'll start getting up to match sharpness again and we'll only see things improve. Because there obviously is a player in there. There's a reason mm-hmm. he's been at the clubs he's been at and things. And, you know, it'd be nice to see. It's also just, it's it's quite entertaining, even if, you know, some things don't always come off, as you say, a little bit, a little bit of showboating never mm-hmm. goes amiss. Uh, especially on uh, a day like that Saturday. Um, and I presume probably this weekend too, with another storm on the way. 
Sorry, yeah, bad another, news if you didn't know. Yeah, I know, another storm on the wind. Hopefully, um, a bit of respite for, well, St. John's would have been hoping for a bit of respite for the pitch, but we'll come on to that as we preview the weekend's game as the Dons head to Perth. But uh, as last Saturday when we took on Livingston, we hoped that Aberdeen would have a, a fast start. And we, we did, you know, we did find ourselves 2-0 very quickly, but could have been also different in David Bates not maintained his excellent performance levels from the midweek game with a great last-ditch tackle to deny Eamon Brophy early on. I think, again, on Saturday, we saw, Callum, the, the levels of performance that maybe why certain fans were excited at the signing of David Bates, that potential that he can play to a certain level. You know, further on in the game, we're going to come to the, the you know, last-ditch mm-hmm. tackles he had, again, with clearing the ball off the line. Just highlighting that importance. Now that he's getting up to speed, he's got that match sharpness maybe in his legs, how much of a vital player he could be. Definitely, I think it's encouraging. I think we are starting to see the best out of David Bates now, which you know, might, some might say it's about time. Um, mm. But <laughs> however, it does take time to you know, get up to sharpness, and he's sort of creating a partnership now with Ross McCrory. Interesting now, Andy Constein now starting to run again. So we'll see, we'll see what, if that disrupts things. We'll get onto that, I'm sure. Well, actually, I was gonna, I was gonna make that point, um, and I'm glad you made it there with Andy Constein now back, back running on grass as we saw last night. We're, we're kind of lucky to be recording this on on Tuesday, and not normally do that on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, normally Monday night, but I was too busy binge watching Money Heist last night. So apologies, you know, needs must. Um, but you know, it's kind of kind of helped, and it was a point that uh, Ian Watson made to me at the game. He says, "What well, you know, Declan Gallagher found himself back on the on the bench. Mm-hmm. Do we make changes now that these centre backs are, are are coming? Obviously, we're still not keeping clean sheets, but but McCrory and Bates have formed that partnership and are looking good together. Mm-hmm. I would say, in terms of the you know the most recent performances, the last maybe three games or whatever, they are starting to really look like a proper partnership. I would say if it's not broke, don't fix it. And um, mm-hmm. for now, I mean, it'd be, it'd be good to actually have those options. Whereas if something does go wrong, then we do have Gallagher or Constantine to come back in. But for now, I don't see any reason to change it just for the sake of changing it. And um, they're performing well, and until that's not the case, leave them be. In my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose also we should also mention that Dylan McGee was back in the kind of same form of training as Andy Constein. Um, I don't know if he'll be fit enough for this weekend's game coming up, but but maybe with the 11 days between St. Johnson and Hibbs, maybe we could see um, the midfielder return against his former side three days before Christmas. But as I said, you know, St. Johnson, sorry, St. Mirren even, had probably the best chance before Aberdeen really did click into gear. And a, a two-minute spell where we really blew St. Mirren out of the water if if you know the wind and rain didn't blow them up to Todger themselves Marley Watkins getting the ball rolling for Aberdeen St Mirren failing to deal with a, a, a cross from Funzo Ojo failing to um, clear their lines and a, a foul from Flynn on Ojo resulted in a free kick and Aberdeen scoring their 10th set piece goal of the season another good delivery that Watkins attacks well and he's the first person to, to follow up his own header and, and bundle the ball into the back of the net Alan Russell set piece Dawn's back at it again it was a great. It was it was a good good ball in from Ojo, has to be said. And Watkins probably maybe unlucky. A pretty decent save there from Anik mm-hmm. in the first place. Who, by the way, wasn't for him. Even though he conceded four, could have been probably seven <laughs> or eight. Um, but yeah, and he was first. Most importantly, he was first to react. How many times have we seen those sort of chances go begging? Maybe throughout the season, the previous season, um, and he pokes at home. And it's sort of got to be said as well. Great. I don't, I'm, 
I'm not not quite sure. Maybe he's experienced a little nudge uh, mm. on on his nearest defender there to create that space, make him basically as free as a bird in the box there. And uh, yeah, and there was only going to be one man to get to that that uh, second ball first, if you will. Fair play. <laughs> yeah, no good um, kind of attacking instincts there from from the Welshman. And you know, as we said in that live last week, you know, backing up his own words, you know, the fact that players have got to do the talking on the pitch. We've got five winnable games coming up and, you know, that's the second game ticked off and it's the second win. And, you know, he's also included himself and he's stepped up with, with two goals. And, you know, Jet, you know, as much as we were critical of him on on uh, Wednesday after the, the game against Livingston, he was heavily involved in that second goal and um, some good control, good footwork to try and get the shot away. I think he does slip as he as he tries to get the shot away and it, it takes a, a deflection. So been an appeal for offside. I don't know if that deflection makes Ramirez on site. Mm. Uh, sorry, I'm not up to my SFA standards, although the SFA and referees in Scotland seem to make it up as they go along. So maybe we can we can put that down as one of them. But it might have actually been, it might have held his line quite well. And, you know, as an actually excellent finish back towards goal and on the turn, kind of half volley into the opposite bottom corner from the American. Good for his confidence as well. 100%. We'd mentioned perhaps, you know, maybe... Um, if we could see him getting back amongst the goals more more regularly and there we go fires back with two shuts us up thank you very yeah. much Christian um, on the sports he highlights it did look as if even with the deflection he was maybe just slightly onside anyway And mm-hmm. uh, but as you say he took it very well we've seen him attempt some audacious uh, uh, shots in, in recent times uh, you know a couple a bicycle kick I think um, a few more uh, that I can think of but that one on the turn was absolutely brilliant. To get the control on the ball, to guide that towards goal and get it past Anik was absolutely, absolutely brilliant. And that's the type of striker Christian Ramirez is, and we know he can be. You know, he can at times be poachers, a poacher, which we saw knocking things over here, as we saw uh, with the second goal. But he just, I think, he just did brilliantly to even get that shot on target there uh, on the turn there. And um, it was a sexy football from him there. It was beautiful. Yeah, it really wasn't. I think the thing is at the time, you know, it was difficult from being in the red shed to kind of see. Obviously, Submirren were, were adamant there was something wrong with the goal. And mm. um, so the only thing I could have thought would was, it, you know, potentially being offside. But, mm. um, you know, refreshing that Aberdeen, whether it was Aberdeen's decision or Submirren's, I'm not, I'm not too sure, but refreshing that, uh, you know, come the second half, we actually attacked the red shed again this season because uh, much, you know, much more positive attacking the games are finally balanced when we're, we're turning against the red shed but you know Christian's uh, mum and brother had flown over from the United States this midweek so grabbing up a couple of goals on, on their return to Pataudry this season I'm sure having family around at this time of year is also an extra incentive for him and um, yeah just good to see I think you're, you're totally right we've seen the attributes you know we spoke about uh, you know, previously the, the assists that he adds to his game, you know, getting involved in, in the, the link-up play, he defends for the team very well. He, he You know, he's not afraid to get back and, and put his body on the line. We saw that mm. at Celtic Park when he near got de- decapitated. But, but vitally for us, he's chipping in where we need him most and scoring goals. Definitely, but... I think he, you know, mentioning all those sort of attributes, if you will, after he seemed to be a, a guy that genuinely gets it as well. Mm. Um, I say he loves, he'll, he'll get back and defend for the cause as well. He just seems, he, he's like a true battler, but he's also got a genuine quality. I think at times we've had 
players with genuine quality, maybe a little bit lazy, or battlers, maybe not so good. Uh, we've seen that probably too much over the years. But he seems to have it all. And I'm, I'm very fond of Christian Ramirez. And I think I'm not the only one in saying that. Also, you know, you mentioned his fans, his family coming over there uh, to support as well. You've heard of players from England getting homesick, let alone, you know, he's, I think he's originally from California or something like that. And he seems to be, so that's nice that they came over at sort of this time of year. And he seems to be nice and settled. He seems to get it. He seems to have bought in. And it's just, it's just lovely to see. What a wholesome story. Yeah, well, he certainly wouldn't have been used to the weather the last few games in, in California, albeit I'm sure he was exposed to that in, in Minnesota. But for, you know, all Aberdeen did good in that that opening spell, you know, I thought, finally it's clipped. Finally, we're away to give a team a proper doing, but you're absolutely right. If it wasn't for Jack Anik, uh, especially in that second half, it probably would have been a right doing. But all said and done, St Mirren grew into the game, which is kind of weird to say it at 2-0 down. And um, Australian Matt Miller, who was brought into the, the starting eleven by Jim Goodwin, really impressed me. It was a St Mirren number 44, for those of you maybe wondering um, who, I'm, who I'm on about. And, you know, he caught... He caught out Johnny Hayes, who was ball watching in the middle of the field as he he broke forward and, and tested the palms of Joe Lewis. He also had another attempt, the, the attempt that we mentioned earlier that David Bates had to, to clear off the line. Another attempt from a corner where Joe Lewis saved well and, and Joe Shaughnessy on the follow-up, it, it goes behind for another corner. But, you know, for all that Anik did, Joe Lewis, you know, has him being dropped really helped his confidence because it's another solid performance from you know from our number one goalkeeper probably just he'll just be disappointed he never kept a clean sheet I think so I think you know you always hear of even though goalkeepers um, whether the game, games are uncomfortably you know they're always a little bit frustrated if they let one pass them but um, I, it's good to see Joe Lewis sort of maybe back to his best seems a little bit less erratic a little bit less uh, but a little bit more calm more importantly less calm that would be a concern but it, I've said a couple of times Hopefully this is him now with the confidence back, back to his best. Um, couple of good performances there. I mean, he had, to be fair, nothing to do against Livingston really, but he was tested. Uh, for all that, you know, we ended up comfortable winners against him. But in, when he was called upon, um, he was there. He was he stepped up to the plate. So hopefully we can see that carry on. It's uh, very welcome to see. It's never nice when you know goalkeepers go through those horrible patches when they're your own goalkeeper when it's other goalkeepers it's funny but um, it, hopefully now that is, that's now behind him and he can start to just build on these performances Yeah hopefully and I, I suppose you know it was no surprise that Matt Miller was involved in, in the submitting goal you know uh, another good driving run finding some space to pull the ball back for, for the left back Tanzer to, to slot home you know he peeled off of Ojo and it was actually a really good finish from, from the left back who for those of you that play fantasy football and uh, I know Bruno will be loving this segment but given the fact that he's top of the red tinted glasses league but you know a very um, high point scoring left back uh, in the game and you know finding himself on, on the score sheet to give St Mirren um, something to potentially fight for, uh, albeit though that was quickly um, extinguished. But, you know, obviously St Mirren got their goal, but yes, we, we've got a lot of positives to take from this game, but should we be slightly worried at the ease in which St Mirren kind of got behind us on several occasions defensively? Uh, I think possibly it's something that when we're playing this sort of high attacking football I suppose you are liable to then get caught out uh, players getting by and then that's when it comes for Joe Lewis to sort of 
Bell Yeller, I suppose. But in terms of the goal, I think you can maybe, although we've all we've given credit to David Bates, I think he was fantastic. Maybe he could have been tighter towards stopping the cross, but just nitpicking here, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps maybe against no respect, slightly better sides, as you say, if you let them in behind so many times, then we will maybe get punished slightly more. But hopefully we'll be a little bit more street smart in those kind of games. Um, that would be nice. But, you know, for all the positives we've been talking, it, we are Aberdeen, so it is possible for that not to happen. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I think, you know, it's, you know, maybe the philosophy that you score two, we'll score three this season. Mm-hmm. And we, we spoke about that in, you know, August time when we really were a bit, maybe a bit worse def- defensively or more exposed defensively, uh, I should say. And I think... It is a, a slight concern at the the way teams do get in behind us, but that is the risk that you, you play when you you're absolutely right when you have that that sort of high press. But equally, if teams are going to score, the best way to to counter that is respond almost immediately, and that's what Aberdeen did. David Bates with an excellent long ball. I don't think it was just a hoof up the pitch. I think he knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, picking out um, Jet to flick on for Ryan Hedges and um, it maybe gets a bit lucky that the, the tackle isn't fully complete and he feeds in Marley Watkins to, to grab his second of the game. And, you know, it probably calmed any sort of nerves that maybe the crowd had or they thought, oh no, here we go again. It was just bang, straight into it. Bang, 3-1, thank you very much we've got that two goal cushion back yeah definitely definitely certainly nerves and some of the games we've seen uh, so far this season it was very very important with the way how they've gone that we did you know settle the nerves uh, having obviously thrown away the lead against the men albeit when they went down to 10 mm-hmm. men previously but no encouraging to see us just firing straight back at them going straight back at them uh, putting pedal to the metal is that, is that yeah that's yeah, right yeah. I think thanks very much and uh, I say Watkins took it very very well but it's got to be said um, fair play Jay Manuel Thomas getting up and winning that header uh, flick on mm-hmm. that's sort of the sort of things we were seeing him do constantly in sort of the games against like BK Hacking and things like that yeah um, so it's encouraging to see encouraging to see but he, you know he took it very well and it gave us a slightly more comfortable lead going into the second half and I'm delighted I think Jim Goodwin maybe when they scored I can't remember someone had said on Twitter I think they were maybe watching Red TV that he'd said something it looked like he said something like how easy was that and then uh, we just went up there and went, yeah, you're right, Jim. It's really easy. Thanks very much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for as, as you know, the success that St Mirren had in getting in behind us, we had countless success getting in behind the St Mirren defence. And for a team that, that have really struggled to score in recent weeks, they really have to probably improve that defensive record because when you're shipping four goals going on eight or nine, uh, you're not giving yourselves much of a chance. But, you know, it was a, a first half that did, can you know, contain lots of goals and, lucky and maybe you know for a neutral they, they'll have thought god do you proper value for money that that first half and it was lucky there was probably not more goals and um, was it not for you know some some good goalkeeping and, and defending in places but you know Pai and Bovril came up uh, to Petodri on their Christmas day out you know all some men and fans there uh, in charge of that website and that was you know swiftly dampened not just by the weather but Aberdeen's blistering attack albeit in the second half once again I know you weren't there, Callum, but but once again, I, f- I felt we were just a bit timid in in the approach to the second half. I know obviously we had that two-goal cushion, but I felt we kind of let St Mirren into the game a little bit. They you know, without without them threatening too much. I, f- I felt they were you know winning the midfield battles and and you know just beginning to assert themselves. And and fair play to Stephen Glass, kind of recognizing 
recognizing that something you know needed changed in in the Aberdeen ranks, and and something that we saw him you know accustomed to in the early part of the season was making changes when the game was maybe coming away from Aberdeen, and he made that change and took J. Emmanuel Thomas off and brought on Teddy Jenks in a more advanced role and. I think it's fair to say for those that were were there, uh, I know obviously you, you, you said you've seen the highlights, but I think certainly those that were at the game will have probably appreciate that was probably Teddy Jenks' best performance for Aberdeen, I'm going to say. To be fair, maybe not very hard, but no. <laughs> it's encouraging to see. Obviously, I know I've only seen the highlights, but obviously saw him involved in the goal uh, later on and he had a uh, short save which Anik just about got enough on to stop it, mm-hmm. uh, trundling over the line. Um, it's very, very encouraging especially given the way uh, another centre midfielder uh, that we signed on loan from the Premier League has gone. But, um, you know, good, <laughs> good to see Teddy Jenks uh, get involved. I think you're probably right in that maybe in that more advanced position, get up in support. Um, maybe that's, you know, more sort of his role. And if we can use him sort of in support of the likes of Hedges, Watkins, and then in Ramirez as well, uh, mm-hmm. then it's, it's, it's very much encouraging. And hopefully this is one... Uh, Midfield loans, I know it might see past January, maybe that'd be nice. Yeah, and I think you know, if he's going to be deployed in that more forward thinking role, maybe that's where he was more accustomed to playing in his time at, at Brighton. Why I think we saw glimpses of why he's so highly rated at, mm. at Brighton Hove Albion, uh, and they were obviously you know keen to get, get him some game time this season. And uh, yeah, definitely, it, you know, positives. I think you know, he. We spoke the last time we played St Mirren. I thought he had a good game up until that that red card. So maybe there's a bit of you know he wanted to prove a point against that level of opposition, or maybe you know as you said, it's not it's not been hard to match uh, or better some of the performances he's put in this season. But if we again you know we hark back to to Jet that an excellent performance that he put in, Teddy Jenks another good performance. Let's see that consistently now going forward. Let's not let's not have it be a one-off or you know just a, a, the odd flash in the, the the pan. Let's let's keep building on that. And I think the Livingston game and then and then Saturday against the Mirren, there was glimpses of what Stephen Glass is trying to do, what this team is capable of doing. Unfortunately, we just haven't seen it over a long enough period this season. It's been in you know two three game spells, and then we go massively off the boil. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that is um, 100% the case, essentially. So, <laughs> building this consistency, I think between you know having two games in a row, we actually have the same starting lineup. That helps getting two uh, wins back to back. Really, definitely helps. And then going on to St Johnston, after picking up six points, you'd like to think hopefully we can do the same. And I'd probably be happy to see the same sort of starting eleven mm-hmm. go out there too. And then that would set us up nicely for it's almost like a mini international break going into the Hibs game yeah. with it. So was it eleven days between yeah. uh, the fixtures? So you know it would it would be nice to start build that consistency and hopefully it won't end there either. Um, as Marley Walken said, five winnable games uh, this this month. So fingers crossed we can go and do that. But hopefully I'm trying not to get my hopes up too much because we've been here before where we've had a few good results and then it came a little bit crashing down again. But Beginning to think maybe things are starting to click now. Then uh, between between those two get three game spells and then this one too, so fingers crossed we can carry that on uh, going into that St John's game, which we will come on to. Yeah, we'll we'll come on to it after we've spoken about the fourth goal. And for me, that goal was just 
it was just sumptuous. It warmed, it warmed you up on what was a freezing cold day. It, it signified to me what the intent that Stephen Glass is trying to do, the style of play, the brand of football that we are trying to implement at Tawdry um, going forward, the, the passing moves, the little bit of skills, some of the one-touch uh, interchanges between players. And then the ball across for Christian Ramirez to probably get one of his more simpler goals this season. And, you know, to you know what you've touched on, we've seen that poacher instinct. We've seen him score a bit more spectacular this season. And it was just the, the team nature of the goal. The fact that some of the players went to celebrate with Teddy Jenks for the work that he put in. Others went to Christian Ramirez. It was just, it was just a joy to watch. I think, yeah, I, I mentioned sexy football earlier on with there. Uh, because Ramirez finished. I think that that can be one of the very few words I can use to describe that uh, Aberdeen goal. Uh, it, it was beautiful. I think the I say that is sort of the football we've been promised, perhaps, and it's good to see that you know we did get a goal. I think obviously help playing without sort of the pressure after being already three one up probably did help too. But I think I'm glad the players went over and celebrated with Jens. I don't think his role in that goal can be understated. What a ball cross that was, and. Um, Maybe not quite rectifying his uh, his previous mistake against Sutton, but I think it went a long way in in, in getting towards that. But as you say, easy finish for Christian Ramirez, but at the same time he had to be there. He had to be in the right place at the right time to slot yeah. at home and make no mistakes. We have seen players at times make those sort of mistakes, even in, when in the right place at the right time. So just glad to see he could you know add that finishing touch, and uh, it looked like he enjoyed it as well. Um, in front of the red shed so you know I'm, I'm, I'm very glad I'm very happy for that man it's hard to see that man smiling and not smile at the same time as well <laughs> I, I'm in love and it is great Christian Ramirez is the king of USA after all yeah so I'm glad you got you got that in as well but no it is it was just it, as I said it was just something about that goal it it was just it was just yeah it was just a joy to watch and I think you know for there's obviously been a lot of pressure a lot of a talk around Stephen Glass and the style of football is it working is it not and, and look, we're going to come on to it, Callum, though. Like, it, it, it's, we've beaten Livingston and St. Mirren, two teams that are, you know, being brutally honest and, and, you know, no disrespect to them as much as possible. They're not in the best run of form. Mm. It's two games, with all due respect, again, you're expecting a team like Aberdeen, especially at home, to be picking up six from six in those games. So we don't want to get too carried away. Equally, we you know we probably will as Aberdeen mm. fans, as football fans in general. You know we're back into the top six right now, but we are travelling to to Perth on Saturday. We're, we're going to go into that now, and we've only got one away game, uh, one away win, sorry, this season. So how important? We, we spoke on on Thursday when we did the live show after Livingston that it was important to back that win up by getting three points against Submarine. We've gone and done that now. But I actually think it's even more important that we go and back up the excellent performances that we've put in by going and getting our second domestic away win this season. Yeah, I w- I would agree there. I think you're also right in that we you know we shouldn't get carried away. It is you know two sort of bottom six sides that we've beat, but we have seen us ourselves you know not do that already this season and mm-hmm. lose games that we probably you know on paper should be winning. So that's at least some improvement and some progress. But I think you're definitely right. It's definitely important you know to go on the road you know and get those three points. I think our form's been pretty well, pretty decent up Torsley and for the most part this season. Um, it's on the road as you say causing those problems and even that one win away from home was definitely handed to us um, quite literally by Max Strychek there but 
It is important. I'm going into that. I described it as sort of as a mini international break, and in some ways, mm. it is. But it's also better than that because all the players are going to be there. They're going to all be together. There's no one going away anywhere for any international uh, football. You know, Lewis Ferguson's going to be there, so it's a chance to build on and then improve in that. So to going into that with a, on the back of another win, three wins in a row, is vitally important, especially going to a game against Hebsu. You know, not on great form perhaps, but. They will be in, have a final uh, between now, now and then, so they could be buoyed by perhaps a victory. Although, however unlikely I think that might be, mm-hmm. um, it's something you've got to take into consideration. So, three games on the bounce would be absolutely wonderful, and I think you're definitely right in that. It's almost is more important, if not definitely more important. Yeah, and you know what? That's actually a really excellent point you make, Carl, about that kind of gap that we've got on the back of St. Johnson going into Hibs. It is all about that momentum, you know, it's, it's such a like, buzzword that gets thrown about in football all, all too often. And I think there's something building, as you know, we don't get carried away on the back of two wins like we did after, you know, the Hibs, Rangers and Hearts games and, and fell flat on our faces very quickly after that. But if we can get some momentum building into that Hibs game, you know, then take something at Easter Road as well, you're then going into back-to-back home games um, against Dundee and Rangers, and now the the club have actually you know you know come out today and said there will be spot checks uh, on the you know whole vaccine passport uh, things for the the Dundee and Rangers game. So obviously predicting crowds of well over ten thousand um, for these fixtures, and I think you know a couple more positive results coming up should you know these games are always well attended regardless, mm. and. You know, it just it just shows. You know, we had six thousand against Livingston, and there's probably a, a high chance we'll probably see sixteen, seventeen come the 29th against Rangers. You know, I, I'd love to see a, a full house, but but you never know it in in these times uh, just now. But Sidmin, you know, Sidmin, and I'm going to mention them. You know, they weren't in the best of form, hadn't scored many goals. Uh, you know, we kind of thought. This is probably the, the right sort of opposition for an Aberdeen team looking to, to play that style of football. Looking ahead at St Johnston, only one goal in their last four games um, against Hibs that they ultimately went on to lose after after Craig Bryson, remember him, uh, you know, got himself sent off. But they've not actually won at McDermott Park since they dismantled Dundee on the 2nd of October. Um, 3-1 that, that game. I think they were 3-0 up at one point until Dundee pulled one back late on. So, again, from, from that side of side of things, is this maybe the, the right opposition? But, you know, they they themselves have had a, a, a bit of a break given their game against Ross County was, was called off last weekend. Yeah, I think you know it, maybe not quite the fixture you'd have handpicked, but it'd certainly certainly be up there given the run of form they've been on. They do, however, have Stevie May, so let's not get too carried away. Finding his fit, I'm not quite sure actually. Um, not done my research. Who's shocked? Not you. Um, but you <laughs> hundred know, episodes don't change. <laughs> I know exactly, exactly. You know, you know, I won't let the hundred episodes go to my head. I'll stay grounded <laughs> and not do my research as always. Um, but. You are right. It is these three fixtures, especially, um, you know, basically three of the most favourable, probably given the run of form. Although you know, St. Mirren and St. Johnson both capable, very capable sides. Sorry, Livingston. Um, but I think looking at their form, um, that's what's been poor. Um, so mm-hmm. hopefully we can we can add to that, and um, we'll ruin Stevie May's day for once rather than it being the other way around. That would be nice. Wow, I really hope that doesn't have to get clipped back to to haunt us. That Funny you, now so. that you said that, but I think you know it. 
I think that game against Johnson at Pataudry, we didn't we didn't perform at all. It was just a classic Aberdeen St Johnson game at Pataudry where they come up, sit in uh, and shit house a one 0 and I don't I don't see Stephen Glass you know trying to do that to Callum Davidson. I know there was talk of him you know potentially getting or being linked to the, the Preston job. But I think that's going to the, the Plymouth manager Ryan Lowe's going to take that instead. And I think that would have been kind of an interesting backdrop to this game had. You know, there have been some more developments around that uh, appointment. But, you know, should we take encouragement from the fact that that we now look a bit better going forward, Callum? And maybe we can we can take some confidence from that. You know, Saturday was the first time we'd scored more than two goals in a, in a league game since we drew three all with Celtic uh, at home last season in that, that highly dramatic game. And the, the game before we'd scored four against a, a pretty dismal Hamilton side. But, you know, we're starting to see, you know, we saw in the Motherwell game how good we were going forward, didn't take the chances. But are things beginning to click? I... I'm hesitant to saying it because we've been here before but I, I would like to think so it does take time for a sort of a complete change in philosophy to uh, get implemented and the players to understand their roles fully but then also equally on the pitch um, it takes these times it takes time for players to build up these understandings between them and hopefully we are starting now to see that you know you mentioned going forward but at the back too between the sort of Bates and McCrory Funso Ojo who Swiss Army knife, essentially Belgian Army knife, can play anywhere. Fantastic. Um, so you know, it's it's sort of encouraging. I just hope that you know we've not got ahead of ourselves once again too early, and uh, we'll go and have another dismal defeat as sort of we saw, you know, with Dundee, with Dundee United, those kind of things. Um, yeah, Mc- we don't want to side, do we? No, McDermott Park is a ground that I absolutely just sends shivers down me. It's it was kind of the fear I had of what. Uh, you know, Kingsford would turn into kind of mm. a soulless bowl outside. Well, it's not even a bowl, but a kind of soulless stadium out with the city. Um, and yeah, it's not my my favourite away day. Uh, as, I, as I said, I'm on the I'm doing a Polar Express experience in Brecon instead of being at Perth. So um, yeah, I'll remain to see which one's the more enjoyable experience, your your trip to Perth or, or my trip to Brecon. But I think, you know, Obviously, as we said, we're recording this on Wednesday. There's supposed to be another storm brewing. We saw St. Johnson's pitch didn't hold up the the rain that, that came down on Saturday against Ross County. So, you know, if there is to be a lot of bad weather over the next few days, it, it might be a heavy pitch. And we saw against Celtic that Scott Brown's legs were struggling in, in heavy pitches. You know, it could maybe affect our style of play as well, you know. At times on Saturday, we got the ball down and played some really slick passing football, you know, on that wet surface. But maybe St. Johnson's drainage isn't quite as good as Pataudry. So, again, I suppose the weather might have a, a, a factor in the game itself. As is often the case around this time of year in Scottish <laughs> football, though, however. But, uh, yeah, I think you're definitely right. I suppose that is something we have to take into consideration. But then between the pitch perhaps not being good or it being blowing a gale, so you're probably more inclined to then maybe try to keep the ball in the deck, but then it might stick uh, if it's mm. slightly waterlogged or, um, as you say, pitch heavy on the legs, such as Scott Brown. Not great, but, you, you know, sorry to go back, but you mentioned breaking. Just be thankful you're going to Brecon not to watch Brecon City. So that's at least one thing. I don't lie. You're going to enjoy the Polar Express. You're going yeah. to love it. Yeah. 
I'll send you a video. It'll nice. be a great time. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, no, it'll be it'll be interesting. And I suppose, Callum, one thing you know that we've got is to to just try and get that result. You know, get that momentum built in, into those those fixtures, and, and hopefully, you know, we we can do that. And, and when we come back next week, because um, we'll have a bit of a gap, so so we are talking about three wins on the bounce and 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 some a bit of positive momentum again and one thing we didn't touch on in our last episode so we're going to just do that that briefly was was the scotch cup draw um obviously drawn at home to, to edinburgh city what, what were your thoughts on the scotch cup draw i think it's a shame it wasn't away that would have been nice going down there um i don't, I don't even know what the stadium's like to be honest but it should have been nice something different it's always nice when you get a sort of a, lower league club I remember going to Air maybe in the league cup a couple of seasons ago which was yeah. which was nice at Somerset Park but um, I, I suppose it's favourable uh, in terms of going through I think perhaps maybe it's down at that out there perhaps then they might fancy themselves a little bit more you'd like to think we won't cause any ourselves any problems but that will probably be what the case would be if we are to uh, falter at this stage um, a good cup run's needed, I think. You know, the league's been a bit patchy. We obviously went out to race rovers in the Premier Sports Cup. A nice Scottish Cup run would be wonderful. And I think this is probably a good opportunity um, to kick that off, I'd like to think. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm always the same as you. I'm always looking for like a, a kind of trip to somewhere that you don't of, often get or a, a junior lowland league side, something like that. Just something a bit different mm-hmm. uh, in, the, in the Scottish Cup. Uh, uh, a home draw against Edinburgh City is, you know, as good an opportunity that is for progression. It just kind of screams a bit of a boring game, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But um, you never know with Aberdeen and Cup competitions whether it'll be a boring or a banana skin. Um, hopefully, though, you know, I think you, you make a good point there. We take it seriously, given the the poor run of uh, that we had in the, the Premier Sports Cup at, at Wraith. And I think, you know, if we we are struggling in the league to to be consistent, um, you know, the Scottish Cup provides not only a, well, it's probably our only chance of silverware this season, um, but another potential route into Europe if we can't get through that, get through that in the in the league. So, a, a competition that hopefully we do take very seriously uh, this season. And obviously, as I said, as much as you know, maybe some of the fans would have liked to to be away, or mm. you know, some of these sort of trips from a club point of view, a financial point of view, I'm sure the club will be delighted at, at, at an opportunity of 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 progressing again no disrespect to Edinburgh City because I'm sure they'll be coming with the, the view to try and cause cause an upset in that tie but there's something to look forward to in the new year anyway I'm sure whatever travelling uh, Edinburgh City fans they'll have a great time it's something very different for them I suppose I don't know how much they usually get in attendances or, or whatever but you know I'm sure they'll enjoy themselves too and in terms of taking it seriously you'd like to think since it's the First game after the break, we would just go hell for leather, full strength 11, no messing about. Um, yeah. Maybe with some new signings by then, I suppose. Who knows? That'd be a good time to sort of maybe try bed them in. Um, I'm getting quite excited to see what happens in January, I won't lie. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Well, we know we might have new signings. We might have lost some players. Who knows? And um, what might happen between between now and, and then? And, and yeah, I think, you know, for... Um, I think that's a good place to leave it, Callum. You know, 100 episodes, a positive win to, to speak about and trying to have some hope going into our weekend's trip to, to St Johnson. I hope you enjoy the game. Thank you very much. As we head towards what is the start of a journey towards the double century. Goodness me.
Yeah, absolutely. And again, just a thanks to those of you that are watching. Um, if you are new to the channel, hit that subscribe button. If you're listening, just remember to hit that subscribe and, and follow button wherever you may be tuning in. And, and yeah, just again, thanks very much for your continued support.